Hello, welcome back to the Golden Globus Theater. And today we finally foray into the old spy venture thriller sex icon unibrow Shaken world. but not stirred. Sha- yeah. yeah. Lot, a lot of drinking, a lot of laying of broads, a lot of sexualization of everything. And tricks, gadgets, it's got it all for about the first 50 minutes or so. Yeah, this this is going to be the perfect example of a movie that blows its load way too quickly. Like the first half is fucking amazing. I love, it. and this explains Griff why I told I, I explained last week. This was a movie I haven't seen in thirty five years, but I remember like about four action scenes vividly. Yeah, and I'd seen it a million because this was. I don't know how this movie. This I mean, I, we had to go to the Laserdisc Vault to find this movie. <laughs> yes. The Laserdisc Vault. Because it's so fucking rare. You cannot find this fucking movie anywhere. Some people have wine cellars. We have a Laserdisc cellar. Yeah. Well, you got to keep it cool and nice temperature control. It has to be in a perfect control temperature. There's a deterioration, dude. You don't want that. Exactly. And as great as Laserdisc uh, technology is, it's very delicate, too. Very delicate. Which is why it didn't last. Uh, I mean, that's why it's gone now. Yeah, right. But uh, but we're still holding the torch for it. Sure sure are. But... uh, yeah, so like it was constantly on for a brief period in the early '80s. I guess when cable was new and they just needed to fill time. Yeah. So I remember these, things. and now I remember. Now I remember all the things I remember were in the first half of the movie. Yes. And I at the it was at the point where I'm like, did I even see this whole movie? Because I remembered nothing in the second half. Yeah. I mean, we talked about last week's movie where there was like 50 minutes cut from the movie. <laughs> It seems like this also had about 50 minutes cut from Of it. action. You're like, okay, I mean, yeah, it was a little... Yeah, but you were right when you said... I, I have a feeling they were trying to go for like the American version of Bond. Like you're trying to cre- make the soldier into you know, the new Bond for us, and I guess it didn't work. Cause we, they yeah. even released this movie in 82 uh, right after a Bond movie was released and right before another Bond movie. I think... You, I guess I didn't know where you're going because it was. I think it was for your eyes only because they had yes. skiing in it. Yes. So I think that's you're, yeah. You're that, dead on. It was okay. like uh, the outer space one. Then like for your eyes eyes only, and then it was like yeah, Moonraker the, was the outer space. There one. was one other one. Uh, well, there was. There. I think Never Seen Ever Again was in there, but that was the weird one where Sean Connery came back, but it wasn't an official James Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I didn't know they did anything like that. Yeah, it was like, I don't know how the rights got mixed up, but they made one. And, like, Sean Connery was way past his prime. Like, he was, like, 50 at the time, <laughs> and he was wearing a toupee, and it was, that's not a good one. Uh, nope, I'm I'm looking this up all wrong, so I'm not going to do this in a timely fashion, but we pretty much nailed it on the head. Yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. It's a, it's a spy exactly. movie. Exactly. I was actually surprised this was an original like story. The uh, director wrote this because it reminded me so much of for some reason like in the seventies and like eighties there was this it's called like men's action novels like Mac Bolan and Remo Williams okay. and I think there's one called The Executioner. It was just yeah, it was I've just like really lowbrow kind. Of, Remo Williams is great. We got to cover that movie sometime. But uh, I like sound of this. But yeah, it was that kind. Of, so I I was like. I could have swore that was one of those kind of books, like Mac Bolin or The Execution, but it's not. It's an original story by the director. He, uh, you know what, before we, I, I know we're, I don't want to get right into it now because I got to get something off my chest, Griff. Oh, okay. You know, well, I, we're we're fans of Charles Bronson, at least I am. You're, our, you're our, the fan. Okay, our listeners. I, I, I kind of come along when you say, Griff, you need to watch this. Our listeners aren't really either because he's very... <laughs> 
So, but he, I don't know, he's, he's, is going Globus. I don't know why. I think they're just upset that we never released Kinjite. Well, I think they're holding back, like, they're not willing to listen to Ten to Midnight <laughs> and uh, Death Wish 3 because they heard about Kinjite. And they're like, we're not, we're boycotting bronze until we get Kinjite. Okay, well, that's, that, that makes sense to me. There's two episodes of Kinjite if you really want it. <laughs> if those numbers just randomly <laughs> shoot up, we'll release Kinjite. But, uh, I don't know, oh, you know, and I probably people who listen to this would know, there's this new movie. Apparently, somebody dug up, there's someone out there in the world that looks like Charles Bronson. Yes, the it, unfortunate human. Yes, well, and it's unfortunate, but fortunate, because he, he has a movie career now. His name, is, his name is, he was born Robert Kovacs, but he changed it to Robert Bronzy. I guess they kind of make you think of Bronson. You know, he looks like Bronson. Yeah. And... It, he's like a Hungarian dude they found in Hungary, I'm guessing. And Good guess. He, he, well, he could have been somewhere else. He's born true. in Hungary. Right. Hung, I was going to say Hungary, Hungary. <laughs> uh, and so they wanted to do a movie. It's called Death Kiss. And it's supposed to be an homage to those kind of Charles Bronson movies. And so... I picked it up. I'm like, I'm gonna, ch- I'm gonna check this out. I didn't. I had a bad feeling about it, but I'm like, I'm still gonna give it a shot because yeah. it's, it's got Bronzy in it. <laughs> you like saying that though, don't yeah. you, Charles Bronzy? It is kind of fun to say that. Yeah. And the guy, I will give it to this guy. The guy looks uncanny, eerily. He's a doppel Bronzy of Charles Bronson. It's eerie. He's yeah. got the same wispy mustache. He needs to put a little gray in his hair, though. His is, like, dyed black. Yeah. The only thing that really threw me off, too, is that he had longer hair, and I didn't realize Charles ever grew out his hair. In the 70s, he had kind of, So like I saw a random picture of him in the 70s with the long hair. I was like, oh, shit, the guy did really nail it. <laughs> yeah. But since he's, like, I guess he has an accent or he can't do it, they dubbed the voice. Ugh. And it was a, I'm like, I'm okay with that, but it's such a bad dubbing. Like, it doesn't it sound like Bronson at all. It's He's just bad. like, hey there, I'm Charles Bronson. Like, guys, I'm available. I can do a fucking, Charles Bronson talks like this. Yeah, I think a lot of people got the Bronson down. And yeah, so... he talks like, he's like, I'm going to kill you, punk. Yeah. He doesn't talk like this. It's like a monotone voice. So I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that. And it proved to me that, of course, this is a straight to DVD movie. This movie yeah. would never be released. But, uh. It proved to me that just because you can make a movie doesn't mean you should make a movie. I but mean, th- that's the reason for our whole podcast. <laughs> no, these are all these movies are great. We're talking. <laughs> they about. are. They are. But like, because you know, like now the prices of cameras are so down, anyone can make a movie, yeah. and maybe that's not a good thing. Like that's maybe- that's my big complaint. It's like. There's, it doesn't seem like as much thought has to go into everything. And there wasn't. And, like, I mean, I think their heart was in the right place, like, but it was just, it it wasn't very good. It had Daniel Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's Ugh. loser brother in it. And, like, so the premise is, I'm not going to, like, go through the whole thing like we do, but the premise is Daniel Baldwin is, like, a Rush Limbaugh type, like, radio guy who's oh, like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. so sick of, like, these liberals letting the criminals off. And he somehow... <laughs> He he's got the inside to what the crime world is, so he tips off Bronzy. His name I don't know what his name was like Kevin. It was some weird shit like in the movie. I don't I don't ever see a Bronzy character being named Kevin. I don't either, but I'm pretty sure it started with a K. I know that. Okay. And he's like his informant. You know, he's like, okay, man, something's going down, and then he just goes out and kills people. <laughs> so 
that we meet this this woman he's giving money to. And we're like, I immediately, this is the one thing I'll give him. It was one like uh, bait and switch. I assumed, oh, this must be his like a strange daughter or yeah. some shit. Because she has a daughter who's in a wheelchair. And it turns out that, spoiler alert, if anyone's going to see this movie, turns out that he was in a gunfight. She was a crackhead at one time. She cleaned her life up. She's a crackhead at one time. And she took her daughter, who was a baby at the time, to a crack house. Bronzy happened. Kevin happened to show up to murder the crackhead dealers. He accidentally shot the daughter and crippled her. Maybe, maybe because guns, bullets were flying everywhere. But he was—he least has enough of a heart that he's like, I might have done it. So that's why he's giving her the money, right? But I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. I was real disappointed by it. But I want to see some more stuff from Charles Bronzy. Like I think we could write a movie, and we could it, dub it better too. Yeah. So I mean, that we'll definitely have to reach out to his people. It sounds like we can just reach right to him. I don't. I'm think sure he has he's any got sponsorship. I'm sure he's got uh, like a Facebook page. Yeah, we don't, exactly. but I'm sure he's got one. <laughs> so we'll reach out there. So I would say, avoid it. Avoid it. Yeah. For the first time, <laughs> Golden Globes Theater is telling you to avoid a movie. Yeah, it wasn't that good. You've heard it here. I mean, I'm hope I got hope for more Charles Bronzy in the future. I think he's got star potential, but this movie was not a good debut. Right, but and I'm he, and anyone who's listening who's making a movie and wants a minute, I can do the voice dub. <laughs> I can do a great Charles Bronson. All right, but now from a bad movie to a bad ass movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's get back to Soldier Grip. I guess I explain movie of my childhood. Does it live up to my childhood fond memories? Yes and no. And we'll explain that after we do our trailer. So, coming up, the soldier. You don't assign him. You unleash him. They're our government's most guarded secret. They're not on any computer. The tasks assigned them are not always legal. They don't solve problems. They terminate them. Their leader, codename... The soldier. The prize. Plutonium transport, mayday, mayday. The demand. They've captured the oil fields. Unless they withdraw, we'll be forced to detonate a nuclear device. The threat. So I cannot let 50% of the world's oil supplies be destroyed under any circumstances. The soldier. One man, one unit. Renegade agents out to solve a crisis, regardless of the risk. I don't know anything about it. Is that understood? Yes, Mr. President. They tried to terminate me. What? They're changing the game in a major way. The soldier. You don't assign him. You unleash him. The soldier. All right. And so, like any good spy movie, you have to have a cold opening. There's nothing cold about this opening. This movie's 
White Hot. White Hot? Okay. It starts out with action right from the jump. What are you talking about? Cold opening is just a term they use for, like, you don't know what the fuck's going on, but something's happening. Okay. And you're going to figure it out. It's a Cold War opening because this is about the battle between Russia and us. Now we're talking Cold War opening. So we're in a limousine. We're in the driver point of view shot. Yeah. We see this lady crossing the street. We're in Philly. See a lady crossing the street with a baby carriage. Nice old lady. Right. So we're like, oh, this limousine's going to stop and let her pass. Fuck no, it's not. It just plows through the woman. Plows She through. hits the windshield, flies over it. Horrible. F- and <laughs> I also want to point out every action scene's in slow motion in this movie. Yes. So we really get to see the bad stunt man who's wearing pants underneath a dress that he's wearing. Yeah. He clearly sees wearing pants and a wig flying over there. Then we then the, the the limo just takes off, keeps going. Yeah, and we're like, "What the fuck?" And then these these bystanders come by and they check on the woman, but no, they're not because all we see that wasn't a baby, that was a yeah. that was a doll and an Uzi. Yeah. So these bystanders just pick up Uzis and we're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then it cuts to a stoop where this random force. It's Philly, so I'm guessing it's the same stoop that Rocky ran up. It definitely was. You could see him in the background fist pumping up there because he just got done with his jog. But these four men in all black are just standing there, descending down the steps. You know, I know. They got like a perfect. Step. They're all like a diagonal. They're, they were ready. I don't know what advantage that had for, you know. Well, you don't, you know, I guess they won't shoot each other, I guess. I, I, I guess. So, yeah. So they're dressed up like Black Panthers. They got like black fatigues, black berets on. And then they all got Uzis, and they just fucking wipe out every bystander. Mow them down. Unlike the fucking uh, the the stormtroopers, they don't miss a single <laughs> no. bullet. Not a single one. They're that good. Every bullet is accounted for, and it's in their bodies. So, and then there's a weird, bizarre pig squeal sound effect while yeah. they're shooting them. I don't no know. No idea. This movie just got your brain going all kinds of directions. They hit an old lady, which, by the way, when you see it walk, when you see the lady walking across the street, it's an old lady. Yeah, the, the stuntman's wearing like a gray so wig. It's not a man in disguise. It is an old lady, and then it somehow becomes an old man during the slow motion and then it becomes a young woman and then when she's on the ground that's right and she, her dress she has pants on no she doesn't have pants on that was a weird thing oh he goes the, from the stunt man was pants off? the stunt man was wearing pants underneath the dress yeah. obviously to protect himself <laughs> but and then she's like wearing a dress like a normal woman would wow so when 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 it's the stunts over and it cuts back to her like dead on the ground <laughs> she's in the dress again yes oh my god Okay, so anyways. So, so we, the helicopter comes flying in. Yeah. Pick up the soldier. Because nobody has a name. This is the perfect movie for Griff because no character has a name in this movie. I was going to mention that at the opening, but <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. I looked at the IMDb, and it's literally soldier, president, soldier two. And then every other guy, the soldier's force. That's all. They're, they're, like, they don't even get names. Yeah. So we, I mean, we gave them characteristics, but they don't even get names. So they they... They come in, grab the bodies, because this is a covert operation, even though it's right out in the open and there's gunfire and everything. It's right in the middle of Philadelphia, middle right. of the day, not a single soul. <laughs> On the road, no. You'd think they would have had whatever escort they used for that system, like set up in a scene we're getting to in a minute, but apparently, you know. <laughs> no, no escort. Well, they, I mean, the soldier knew what was going to happen, so it's probably a whole ruse. I mean, there was no important person in that limousine. I think that's good. more of the soldier's force was in there. That's a good point. Yeah, we never saw So they clean up. They got like a fire extinguisher with water in it, and they spray a hose of the blood off the street, yeah. and they're like, ready to go, and they take off. Cut to... Now we're going to see our adversaries here. We're going to see what we're up against. And right off the bat, you hear that accent, and you know we're dealing with 
the KGB. Well, does he? Hit, I don't think he had an accent. I think he was. In he there. had a little accent. I don't. Know, I think he had that pumpkin-headed look of a KGB spy to me. Well, yeah. Well, he. I can. Vladimir Putin definitely <laughs> patented his whole shtick after this guy. Yeah, I actually like this guy. I, th- I wish we had more time with this guy. I He's agree. Not in and enough. We. I mean, we have what like two villains in this movie. The one has a scene, and then there's this guy who has like three scenes. Yeah. It's all about the soldier in this movie. And that's unfortunate because yeah. the soldier is <laughs> about as good as Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ken Wall, I think I said last week, he was the John, John Michael Vincent in the 80s where like he had a lot of potential. People were talking like this guy's going to be a big star. He won a Golden Globe. Yeah. And then he his fucking career went nowhere because of booze and alcohol. Just Speaking booze of and Michael alcohol, Vincent, blue drugs and alcohol. We need to find a Michael Jam, but Jam Jam Michael Vincent. Well, there's a great Charles Bronson movie called The Mechanic that has Jam Michael Vincent in it. That one's but, really good. Yeah. Maybe too good for our show. It might be. So, yeah, so this is a KGB training camp. So we got people outside doing jumping jacks, like as, a, as you do as a terrorist. Oh, yeah. And you got to stay in shape. He, so Ivan, who he's never called Ivan at all in the movie, not, not but on the IMDb, part. he's called Ivan, so we'll call him Ivan. He's, he's like, teaching this class about – t- it's about the soldier, basically. He's yeah. Like, he's got a picture of him, and I want to give it up to the soldier. He's so badass. He's like – I'll rock a unibrow. Fuck you. I, I, I'm a star of a movie, but I look like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. I don't give a shit. That's how badass he was. He's got he Ken Wall. If you don't know who he is, he looks like a kind of a more masculine John Travolta. That was kind of the look yeah, he had. Yeah, I think that's. We actually watched this movie together, and I think that's one of the things I had said. And you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, John Travolta." So he's like, he's like this guy. He's like explaining how badass he is. He's only known as the soldier, only. and you got to watch out for this guy. Lock up your broads because he'll steal them. Hide and your kids, hide your wife, hide everybody. And, and I, I, that's basically it. I don't even remember. He's like, the, commit this face to memory. That's it. Commit this face to memory. And they have the nice, glossy, his actor's photo. <laughs> his that nice, he, his like headshot. Headshot. Yeah. yeah, that he would there's, hand there's out. There's another headshot thing coming up later on. Yeah. We'll talk about. But yeah, so, and then we go, and then he's like, Ivan's got to, he's like, I got to leave. I got a mission to do. And we learn what his mission is. He sneaks in. To Buffalo, New York, hmm. on a boat, as you do. And what they're going to do is they learned that there's going to be a transfer of some plutonium from a, a nuclear facility to somewhere. And now, normally, you would think you're going to do that in the, in the height of the Cold War. You're going to have a shit ton of security. You're going to have it in like a lead lined, like, uh, like tank type like thing to carry it. Yeah. No, people. <laughs> they have they have a truck with a flatbed with a thing like what I don't even know what it, it looks like a piece of a missile it's like this or a cylindrical yeah it's thing. like a silo and it says and nuclear yeah. right across it's, the side yeah. and a, according to the director this is how they really did transfer shit I don't he's what he, you told me he said he saw it in National Geographic yes. so he's like this is this everything is everything where he's he's like stating facts he's like I read it somewhere that was because yeah. I I listened to the the director's commentary for this movie he also said while he was making this movie. Movie, he's like it was odd because they do film a lot along the uh, Berlin Wall in this movie. Yeah, and he's like it's weird because when we're filming it, you see like the Berlin Wall, and then when we're in post production, the wall came down. I'm like, the wall came down eighty nine ninety. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and so, again, this movie came out in eighty <laughs> two. Yeah, so take whatever the director says with a grain of salt. Yeah, but he also said this was. It, he actually said it was worse because at least in this one, there's somewhat of an armed like guard around it. He yeah. said in the old in the old days. They, it would just be like, put it on a truck, take it where it needs to go, whatever. Right. Well, he had to add more fodder to kill. 
Right. So we have these two. Uh, they they kind of look like little limos, just kind of driving. Well, just, that's just an old American car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I was joking around about that because you see them pull out, and they're just like two blue Chevy cars. It's, they were yeah. just non like a Monte Carlo or some yeah. Shit they're driving, and so they're driving down just like the backwoods roads. Like yeah. th- again, nothing here, and then they come up this hill. And our camera pans out just a little bit more, just backs up a little bit, and now we're over the shoulder view of a guy looking in. And as our uh, he starts to pull out a rocket launcher, and then our homeboy in the the front escort pulls out his binoculars. <laughs> there's nothing. He would have easily seen this guy. He's yeah. wearing like canary like yellow. A, he's like a hundred feet away. And he's yeah, when well, he's got bad eyesight, I guess. Yeah. Which, so then he's just like, oh, stop the car, stop the car. Make it a little easier to shoot, why not? <laughs> so they slam on the brakes. They're stuck there now. And they get hit with a rocket. Maybe. We don't know because they just show a close-up of a car blowing up. So yeah. Use your imagination. Use your imagination. And then and then, the, then they hit the truck. I don't know how this the physics of this. The truck goes flipping. The trailer doesn't even move. Does not budge an inch. The truck detaches from the trailer, so thankfully the, the nuclear material is still safe. That's what they were doing in that KGB class. They were teaching you precisely how to hit a flatbed truck well, they, just to make the cab fly away. Well, they did a good the job. Trailer. Lincoln Hawk could have avoided yeah. that. Yeah, and the, the trailer, no damage. Like, no. even the linking thing, because they just pull that car up and link it right back the fuck <laughs> no 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 they don't they don't do that what happens is oh yeah they yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so right. it happens is, so but while before the bazooka shot happened the guy with the binoculars called in like the local sheriff yeah who was right. supposed to meet up with them who was like roscoe from duke's hazard yeah and so so he starts hightailing it because he hears some like explosions and shit so he goes hightailing while they're doing that Ivan and the boys are taking this like plutonium rod out of the top of the thing very carefully and and while they're doing that, Roscoe shows up and he's like, "What tarnation are you doing here?" And he's like, "Put your hands up, y'all!" Get, get, get. And <laughs> is he trying to give him chili too? <laughs> so, well, I'm, I don't know. So they're from the southern northern part of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> okay. So so this this is the num- scene number one that vividly etched in my memory. Oh so yeah, Ivan is just chilling. He's picking his teeth with a fucking toothpick. Should have been a match, but you know what are you gonna do? Okay. And he's like, "Sure, officer, whatever you say." And he slowly starts lifting his hands up, and then he just whips his hands up. You see these fucking shotguns strapped to his forearms, and he just blows the fucking sheriff away. Mm. Blood like viscera goes flying. Very good, like the, like practical, practical yeah, effect. That was really cool. And so obviously he's dead. He gets shot with the shotgun. And then the <laughs> the director also pointed out in another movie he does this. He's like, I wanted to show people how you could really do this. So we actually get the scene where we see how he's strapped. Like he's like undoing, oh, yeah, he's yeah. undoing the the shotguns, put, like reloading them. And, like yep. you're seeing, oh, so you can really do this. If you watch this movie, hey, if you're a terrorist, don't turn this don't, off right now. Don't watch this movie. But that they show you how you can do it because apparently, according to this guy, another National Geographic issue he was reading, some drug kingpin <laughs> back in the '80s actually had a rigged up thing like this. I believe it. I mean, you see it all the time. You see it in Wild Wild West. He has a little pea shooter that flies out of his sleeve. I mean, it's on taxi driver too. Yeah, that's right. So they get the plutonium, take off. Cut to the Canadian border because 
you, you know, Canadians let anything through. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to transfer this plutonium through Canada. So, it's, of course, they're in Buffalo. They're going through Niagara Falls. Yeah. And then we have this little... Uh, you know, we're we're talking pre nine eleven here, obviously. Yes, this is very so pre nine eleven. I I can attest to some because we obviously we're from outside Detroit, so we've been to Canada. Oh yeah, before. many times. It doesn't go this smoothly. And anymore. no, it, but pre nine eleven, I can account for this. Yeah. This is exactly how it went. So we're gonna do a little play by play of what the conversation went at, <laughs> at the border. Yeah, hey, uh, where do you live? USA. Yeah. What's uh What's the purpose of your trip? Gonna go see the falls. Oh yeah, they're very nice this time or time of year. Uh, have uh, you got anything to report? Maybe in your trunk? Weapons, knives, knives, weapons, cameras, camera. Oh man, I wish I could take a smile of your photo, photo of your smile. I don't know what just happened with my brain there. <laughs> I don't know either. I know why is the guy from Chicago doing the border control? At- <laughs> I uh. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I guess if you guys haven't noticed, we have this joke. Griff can only do his default accent, always Chicago. And it's not even a good Chicago accent. No, shut up. It's that's great. The thing. I but went anyway. to Chicago. I blend in like a thumb and a glove. So that's how it happens. Back then, that's how it would happen. That's how it happens here. So they, they just drive on through with their plutonium in their yeah. trunk. No big deal. Cut to Saudi Arabia because there's a lot of cuts to different places. We're, we don't know what they did in Canada. Assumed they took a plane over to yes. Saudi Arabia. Well, we got we got like 90 minutes. We don't have time for well 84. This is an 84 minute movie. No time. So Saudi Arabia. Ivan, our boy, he's got like the fucking turban on thing. It's not a turban. I don't know what they call it, the Iron Sheik thing. I can't help you. But uh, to let you know that they're in an Arab country, so they're in the desert and they're on an oil field, the biggest oil field in Saudi Arabia. Yes. And there's these like stacks of barrels, oil barrels, and they pull out a barrel out of their truck, and it's got a nuclear reactor inside it with that plutonium. Yep. It's a dirty bomb. It's a dirty bomb. And so they they just stack it, hide it among these other uh, yeah, barrels just of oil, very discreetly. And then they give a call to all the world governments, and they're like, "Hey, if the Israelis don't leave the West Bank in four days, we're going to blow up this nuclear bomb and and irradiate." Fifty percent of the world's oil supply 50%. for three hundred years. It won't be usable, Griff. Whew. So of course we're flipping the fuck out because we're all about our oil, man. Yeah. So well, first we cut to Israel, and we got this great uh, camera shot. The director came Just up with very slowly spinning around the the squared circle of you know people discussing how they're going to deal with this. Yeah, it's like a circular table. I don't know. I don't know how it's squared, but it's a circular table. And they got a camera in the middle, and it's just slowly rotating. And we're talking, all the Israelis are talking, what are we going to do? Yada, yada, yada. What are the Americans going to do? Then we cut to the president, right? Let's see. No, first we got to go check out our uh, our torture Oh, scene. you're right. So, so we, get, we have the terrorist plot revealed, like you mentioned. We get the cut of what the consulate's going to do, and then we... Yeah, we, so we cut to a prison in our cell. And there's a caveman in the prison cell. One of the Geico cavemen. Oh, God. This was an unfortunate scene. (laughs) (laughs) And literally, this guy looks like a fucking... He's made up to look like a caveman. He's got a big, huge forehead. Yeah. And a big, like, nose. It's very, uh, very... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Offensive? Yes. Offensive Offensive, portrayal of an Arab person. Yeah. It's very bad. And he's got, like, a Beatles wig on, and he's got, like, a goatee. And they're dragging him through the cells. Like, oh, stop, stop. You know? And they bring him in this room. And there's this other Arab guy. He's eating some matzo ball soup, just chilling. Yeah. And they, they take the caveman, and they chain him up against a wall. 
And this woman comes in, Susan, who's the head of covert operations for the Mossad, who's just like, you know, the, the CIA super kick-ass version of, you know, for the Israelis. Yeah. And she's just like, tell me who is involved with this. And yeah. she's like, I don't, I don't know anything. She holds a she holds a gun out first to the guy with the matzo ball suit. Right, we get a good shot of just the gun right in the yeah. camera. And he's he I think gives him a clue or something. No, he's like I don't know shit. Oh, okay. And then so she then just he... turns and she just shoots caveman square in the fucking forehead. So the fucking so now we know why he has like fucking Frankenstein like top head on there because the fucking squib is inside there yeah. so the blood goes spraying flying everywhere and then he just he's like traitor and then he, and then, he, and then he, they shoot her and then the guy just for, of course bitches out because he just saw his buddy he thought was his buddy yeah. get killed and he's like oh he's like she's like look we're gonna get more names out of here's you. here's some pictures tell me who you know any of these guys are involved. We'll we'll make sure we'll give you plastic surgery. No one will ever know who you are. We'll just hide you somewhere. Otherwise, you're gonna be face first in that matzo ball. Exactly. <laughs> and so then we we cut to she goes into like the room that has like the one way mirror, so that you're yeah. watching it. And the guy's bitching. I was like, oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. And then we see the fucking caveman is in the room. We're like what? Yeah. Turns out. And as she tells us, you're the finest double agent we have. Super spies, y'all. We got super spies. And he rips off his fucking Boris Karloff Frankenstein top. Yep. Rips off the fucking <laughs> offensive nose. <laughs> and he's like, we got him. So now we're going to go visit with our president. What is the American president thinking about this whole crisis? Well, he's like, we got to keep this fucking oil, dude. We got to do anything. Anything. He's like, we got to blow Israel off the face of the fucking if earth. If it means we keep our oil, Israel's gone. Fuck them. And uh, we also are introduced to, uh, I think his name is Jeffrey Jones. You guys all know him as the, the principal from Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. In, and it really is that actor. He's like, in his earlier roles, he's like an advisor, and he's like, sir, we've done everything, airstrikes, whatever. We just can't, it'll, it won't work. Yeah. We can't, and he's just like, the president has wit sense. Like, I need that fucking oil. <laughs> and he's like, get me the CIA director. And the CIA director comes in, he's like, well, he calls him, right? He calls yeah, he him Because then we get – because when you, you're trying to do you know, a film with people talking on the phone, you got to make it interesting. So you put that lens right in their teeth. Right that's, up on that grill. That's interesting, right? <laughs> I, that's how you want to yeah. see a conversation? I, don't know, I found it weird the president had some missing teeth. You wouldn't yeah, think the president <laughs> would have some missing teeth. Yeah, they get that fixed. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some very mouth-to-mouth conversation going on. Very strange. And he's just like, look, we got four days – 93 hours. What are you going to do about this? And he's like, I got it. I got my boy. I know just the guy. The soldier. And he's like, do it. And slams. He's like, and I love how the president actually says, and I, I can hear our president saying this right now. He's like, I just want to know who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like just dropping F-bombs and shit. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'll get the soldier. So now we cut. Now we finally meet our man, the soldier. Yeah. Well, first we see a scene. It's like it's like on Forty uh, Second Street in New York, like when it was all sleazy and shit. Yep. And there's some black guy running with a gun, and then you see this like light go boom, like right in his forehead, like light up. And you're yep. like, what? And it turns out that the soldier has kind of like an advanced version of Duck Hunt. Yeah. He's got this video game where it's like a projected screen of like criminals doing shit, and he can like <laughs> shoot them with his gun. And it, of course, responds uh, with the results of the action. Yeah, it and tells you like difficulty and... level yeah. twenty. It's high tech stuff. This and, is like straight out of Rocky Four, right? Uh, it was, no, it's straight out of uh, James Bond. Uh, this is, James Bond. 
and he's so he's perfect. He like every situation, he makes a perfect shot. Even when a guy gets a shot off, it's like you still stopped everybody. Yeah. And fortunately, right next to where all that gear is, there's a telephone that just for some reason is connected to the it, whole. It was the same rig that <laughs> yeah. controlled the game. Also, con- was his phone. Yeah. So he like puts down the game and like picks yeah. up the phone. He's like soldier here. And CIA guy, close up CIA guy's mouth. He's just like, I need to see you. Come to my office. I'll be there. So, so we cut to the office. He gets briefed. They tell him all the shit we already told you. Soldiers yeah. all cocksure. He's just, he's, whenever he's not killing people, he's just totally lounging. Dude, this guy knows how to lounge. He's like a, like, a, like a cat or something where cats are either like totally like moving around like 100 miles an hour. Or they're just, <laughs> or they're just laying around comfortable doing as fuck. And yeah, no. When we were watching it, I was just like, "Man, look at this guy. He knows how to fucking rock an armchair. He's like always just eyes glazed over when he's in a chair." And he's just like, "Look, soldier, you've been reckless, but we need you." And soldier's like, "Hey, look, I get shit done. God damn it, are always the hero." Always, they got They don't. always got to work out. Well, look, villains don't work inside the rules, so why should the soldier? Exactly. So he's, he's just like, "You're right. Do what you got to do. I just, I don't want no culpability. I don't want anything to do with it. Just do what you got to do. Free reign, whatever you want." He's like, "That's the way I like it." <laughs> so now, so he's we... like, he's like, you know, he's like, well, first we need some intel. He's like, well, I heard Draka's been around. Oh, so we, we this is the one character that actually has a name in this movie. Play. Well, while this is going on, also we see a cutaway. We see there's a Soviet spy who's like got like real to real tape. He's taping all of this, and uh, so they're talking, and uh, he's just like, "Draco was last seen in Austria. He's super. I don't. This is what made no sense to me. He's super loyal to the KGB, but he'll also work with you. Yeah. So check out what he knows and what's going on. She's so like, "All right, I'll do it. I'm off to Austria." So then you see the. Uh, we got our cut of uh, now that we have we know the guy's going to be heading off to uh, we know that what's his dick uh, soldier's going to be heading off to Austria. Right. So now we're going to check in on the guy who is listening in on the conversation who's working with the KGB, and so he's going to step back, hang up his earphones. He's like doing a little shimmy, you know. He's that kind of evil maniac where he's like having so much fun. He's like dancing around. Well, he was like no, he was like super chill. He was just like I. And uh, he he works his way back to his little lab that he's got, you know. Workshop, yeah. His workshop. And he's got a light bulb hanging around, and then he's got, like, some, what's that, like, gas or something? Well, what it was is, and this is, this mo- this scene, because apparently it's it's true. You can actually make a bomb. <laughs> so if you're also, you're a terrorist listening right now, turn this Again, off right now. Stop listening right now. Because this, I mean, I I believe it because this scene in a lot of, like, European markets was omitted. It was cut out of the movie because yeah. what he does, he gets a light bulb. He heats up the where the, the screw-in part attaches to the yeah, bulb. Yeah, the metal attaches and it the It detaches bulb. it. And then he just pours some dishwashing. Yeah, that's right, a little dishwash soap. Because apparently this is this is kind of like a form of napalm, is what the director said. But we we can't. He, he reads everything in National Geographic, so we can't believe everything he says. Yeah. Even though I love how he's telling us this is how you could. Because <laughs> apparently in his first movie, The Exterminator, which I kind of don't want to cover because I fucking hate the star of it, but Steve James is in it, so we might have to. Yeah. He uh, he told you how to make dumb dumb bullets, which are the bullets that shoot huge holes in you when they go out. Like yeah. They go in small and they shoot a giant hole. So that was cut out a lot. But anyway, so yeah, he puts in dishwashing liquid and he puts in gasoline and then he reattaches it. 
And then he, then he he can't just be a maintenance guy. He's no. like, he's got to be a cleaning lady. Exactly. So he's in the worst fucking drag. It's like fucking Monty Python. And he is in the White House. Yes. And no one gives well, a no, shit. Well, no, he might be in the CIA, uh, whatever, the Pentagon. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. This I don't know where the CIA Either way, is. it's yeah. top level yes, security. Yes, it's top level. Yeah. And this man is walking around, <laughs> hello, I'm a woman. Well, you also got to remember, this is, this is 1982. Maybe things were more lax back then. Clearly. You know, we could go in a country with a bomb and nobody fucking cares. Clearly. So he's got this awful, like he's Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> he puts he puts the light he unscrews the good light bulb puts in the bomb light bulb it's uh the desk lamp for the CIA director. right and 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 we can tell it's it, we're in DC because there's this great I and mean, this is obviously a set oh yeah the like, it looks like a fucking porno set and you can see like the this like poster of the Capitol building out the window it's beautiful and he just and this cover the cover steps he just does a little dusting yeah and then he walks right out. So now we got to see how good Soldier is of a spy. You know, he's going to Austria. He's going to find Draka. And again, this movie's got no time to waste. So he immediately finds him. Right. And he's on his trail. And what a trail he leaves. Because, you know, <laughs> we joke around about the, the physique for some, some of the population during the 80s. Well, our man Draka fills out his trunks, let's say. <laughs> the backside. <laughs> yeah. He's got Draka got back. Draka got say. back. <laughs> He's wearing some skin tight white white ski pants. Yeah, and, and and fucking soldier notices it immediately. Yeah, and so you can tell these guys they they know each other. They've yeah. they've worked together before. He's like, I will never forget that ass, and he's like, I'll never forget that unibrow. <laughs> there's a there's a well shit, and this is coming because Draka's played by Klaus Kinski, He's one of the creepiest looking motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah, and if he can be like, well, your unibrow's creeping me out, <laughs> you know, there's some shit going on. And so, <laughs> this, here's another story from the director about getting Klaus Kinski. He was a big star at this time. Not, he wasn't like huge, but he was he was the biggest star in this movie. And they were like. He, the guy, the director wanted him in this role, but it's only like a three-minute role. It's a cameo, basically. So he contacted his agent, and they're like, he ain't getting out of bed for this fucking movie. He didn't give a shit. It was to be a three-minute role? Yes. And that's why, so his so Klaus Kinsey's agent was like, fuck, we don't give, we're not going to do that. And then Klaus Kinsey read the script. It was like, I want to be in this movie. What? I, I guess. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, he was like, hey, you give me, you know, free trip through the skiing resort there and no because he was a consummate he was all about the acting dude wow he's, he's probably like i could bring something to this role and he did because i remember it yeah it's true. so he was the he was pretty he was the only villain with a fucking name for grace sake oh, yeah. so they get in those uh, what they call gondolas those like like ski things that sounds about right and they you know they go up the mountain on the wire cable cars maybe yeah and there, there's like there's a tension. They're staring at each other. They recognize each other. There's a mutual respect. There's a fear. There's everything going on. There's in the eyes. They're just acting with their eyes, Griff. Yeah, acting with the unibrow. Exactly. And they're bo- like they both seem to know, but they're also pretending that they don't know. So they get off the gondola, and then they're getting onto the second little gondola, which is like it goes higher up in the yeah. Mountains. That's like a one or two person thing. And right. so he, you know, Daka's like after you. Yeah, well, like, Soldier gets the business. He's like, what do you know about this? He's like, well, I'll tell you. We've got to go further oh, up Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Soldier, he goes, after you, Soldier. Soldier gets in, and then he locks the door, and the sets of the thing going up. Oh, shit. And you're like, here's another mo- uh, thing that's burned in my brain, this scene. So he starts going up, and then we see some goons of Draka chilling outside with their bazookas. Yep. And Bazooka. fucking Soldier notices it, so he busts out the window, opens the door, 
just as he's the about to get blown out, he just leaps there. out, lands in the snow. Thankfully, it's a nice powder out there. Fresh. Fresh powder. powder. And, he, he, and he also, thankfully, he had his skis with him. <laughs> so he straps his skis on and starts going fucking hauling ass down the hill. Mm. But our two goons start following him because they fucked up. They were supposed to blow him up. Yeah. So we get about 10 to 15 minutes of skiing. See, again, chasing, <laughs> fuck chasings. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Are we about to get a car chasing? And you're like, no, better. <laughs> Ski chasing. And we get some great scenes where there's actually like a camera that's put on, on the, the skis. skis. Yeah. You can see from ski eye point of view. Yep. And well, it does. It does. It The first half sucks. I'll agree with you. But yeah. It gets good once. Well, one of the guys wipes out. He's just like the bad guy. He can't handle the hills. Yeah, he's, because... he's the lucky one because the other guy, he just throws his poles down, whips out a gun and starts shooting at Soldier. Yeah. So Soldier's coming down and there's like a little restaurant like at the bottom of the hill. Right. So there's like so there's like a little ramp kind of on the top, like the roof of the restaurant. So this this I love this fucking scene. He's so great. Soldier like undoes his like uh, parka, whips out an Uzi Hits the jump, does a fucking 360, spins around, blows the fucking guy away. Just oh, like in the beginning, God. doesn't miss a shot. Like every doesn't. bullet goes into this guy. This guy's hit like 20 times. Because I think he does a, he doesn't do a 360. I think he's a 720. He does like two twirls, blows this fucking guy away. Yeah. And then he lands like a fucking pro. You know? <laughs> and then the guy, somehow his skis disappear because he just lands on some people without his skis on. He shot the skis off his feet. Yeah. <laughs> shot him out of his skis. Yeah. <laughs> and so Soldier grabs up. Tell us, tell me what you know. Because the guy's like dying, but he's still alive. And he's just like, for some reason, he gives it up. He's like, it's not a terrorist. We're behind this. Yeah. You know, it's KGB. Yeah. That, I mean, when you're about to die, it's just like, well, the well, game was fun while it lasted, but I respect your game so much. I'll tell you whatever you right. want. Maybe, like, maybe he got a conscience before he died. He realized communism's evil. And oh. he's just like, you know, maybe he was forced to do it. Maybe his family was like going to be killed if he didn't do it. I don't maybe. know. I don't I don't. Want, I don't know. I don't want to get in that guy's mind. I don't want to get in that mind either. And nobody has to because he's dead. But we get he. So soldier knows this is all a KGB plot. This isn't a terrorist group that's going to blow up shit. It's KGB because they want to destabilize the West because they win either way. Yeah. Because either they blow up our our oil and our whole economy collapses, or they cause a war between us and Israel. So they, they win either way. They they're going to win either way. So now we got soldier knows he has to contact the the CIA director, but. He's limited in ways to do this. So he's so deep undercover. Only person who knows Soldier exists is the CIA director. Yeah. So he heads. I mean, is he in Austria or did he head back to? He, his, no, he went back to uh, uh, West Berlin. West Berlin. Yeah. And while there, he's going to find the uh, the American consulate. Right. And he he has to break in. He's that far undercover. <laughs> he can't just knock right. on the door and be like, "I'm super secret agent Soldier." <laughs> he's got to break in. And he's like, at first, he's putting people down just by like putting them to sleep, you know, the old sleeper hold. Right. He's doing it, you know, the humane way. Uh, and then he finally gets to like his little phone room. And uh, did he dart them or did he put them to sleep? All I want to say, this would never happen on Wild Bill's watch because no. Wild Bill also from American Ninja Two also was guarding an embassy. Yes. But so. He well, he allowed half his fucking people to get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, you're right. It was fun. <laughs> this scene, not fun. So yeah. he get he gets a hold of the phone and he calls, and it just so happens that the CI director has walked into his office. He hasn't. 
Very really? dramatic scene. Yeah, it's very slowly. The room is in. dark, very so it dark. reminds you of the light bulb. You can't even see the city skyline in no. the background. Except for they some turn. reason, there's a spotlight right on his chair. I don't yeah, know where that just, light's coming just from. Just his chair. Just his chair. And he sits down, and I love it. He like, he like toys with us. He like goes to light his light, and, yeah. and then he goes away. Yeah, he's just kind of like toys. He does it like, I think, 30 times in this scene. He just Easily toys with times. us. And so, yeah, soldier takes a guy hostage who's the head of the like who has the like, communication shit. Yeah, and he's like, "Patch me through to the CIA." Yeah, and he's like, you, "You, who are you?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it. I'm soldier." Okay, and well, he's got a gun on him, so let's say whatever he wants. Yeah, but while he's doing that, he hits an alarm though with his yes, knee. With his knee, and so they they call up the CIA director. He's like, "Hey, this is so and so from the embassy. We got a guy named Soldier who wants to talk to you." He's like, "Okay." Or no, he no. That's not right because Soldier describes the phone because because yeah. what happens is just as he's like, hold on, I need to, I can't listen to you with this dark room. Let me turn on my light first. Yeah. He turns on the light. That fucking thing explodes. explodes. Guys on fire. What I love was the stuntman's wearing protective glasses. The guy, the CIA director was not wearing not glasses. Wearing. You clearly see a guy wearing glasses. Yeah. He was like, ah, <laughs> ruining this horrible fucking cheap set. <laughs> and so, so like, he's like, hello, soldiers. And I'm like, hello, hello. And the guy's like, let me hear that grabs it. Because while other, this is happening, yeah, other, other guys. guys show up with guns. And, they, and, they, and they, so it's like a standoff. And the guy, the guy, the communication guy grabs the phone. He's like, hello? I don't, I don't hear, there's this guy screaming on the other line. Yeah, you just and, hear man on fire <laughs> on the other side line. And they're not bothered by that at all. They're just like, he's not saying anything. Yeah, Who did you call? Yeah, you're full of shit, dude. Was it some fucking jerky boys prank phone shit? <laughs> Crank yank in my ass. And so, soldier's like, fuck, I'm on my own now. Yeah. So he just shoots at the ceiling. Cause he's one, these are soldiers. These are American yeah. soldiers. He's not yeah. going to kill them. So he shoots the ceiling to distract him. Just, and he dives through a window. Yeah, the guard's immediate reaction is to dive to the ground as soon as he starts shooting. He bolts out the door. He fucking launches himself out a window, finds himself a car. He gets, like, the crappiest, like, subcompact. Shitty ass like Yugo car. I don't know. It was just. It was very not cool car. All I know is I was disappointed. And it was very. I can, just, it was very fuel economical. It, it really was. Like, you got a lot of mileage. But he drove four hundred like. miles, and we had so to watch like, the so whole like, fucking Taking off. There's there's another like chase scene. Griff's favorite. There's a car chase. But the soul. I'll cut to the chase because not. So what happens is he he makes it in his Yugo. To the Israeli consulate, bus right. He just drives right through the right fucking through the gate. The the guard just lets him through because he he probably knows he recognizes Unibrow. He's like uh, that soldier. Yeah, exactly. Peels out. He goes, ah, does a nice like one eighty spin. Yep. All the uh, American consulate guards they like stop before the gate because they're like. Well, they rush in first, and then this guy Michael, who, the only other guy with a name in this movie, he's an Israeli guy. He's like, "You're on Israeli soil." Get the fuck off. Oh, uh, okay. And they're like, wait, that, that guy, he's like some lunatic. Like, I, that's a soldier. I know that guy. Get the fuck off. So they, they don't want to start anything, so they leave. And then he's like, long time no see, soldier. You better believe it. <laughs> and so we cut to a soldier in the Israeli embassy. Yeah, he's going to be doing a little maxing and relaxing. We find out the soul, you know, that president's... He doesn't have a way to contact soldier. Yeah, he's like so sweating. He's, he's like, "Cause he's am I gonna have to start out. a war with Israel? Cause I ain't giving up that fucking sweet oil, yeah. that black gold, that Texas tea. I, I ain't giving it up." I don't know how much time we have left at this point. They didn't really describe the days. Let's go ahead and say we have 
65 hours? I would say 24. 24? They yeah. have no time <laughs> to rescue up, to gather up well, the boys Well, they do then. because it's a soldier. Yeah. So he's just like, he's talking with the, the fucking dude from Ferris Bueller. He's like, what are we going to do? He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to put my faith in the soldier. I've never met this guy, but I, I trust him. Yeah. So while that's going on, we get we meet up Susan, the uh, head of uh, we we saw earlier who shot the caveman in the face. Yes. she meets up with uh, our boy Soldier, and Soldier's just fucking chilling like a motherfucker in this chair. He's barely sitting on it. Yeah, and he's just like they share a brief discussion because it's more like uh, basically these. Say the plot all over again. Like, yeah. XXX has to happen. And she was like, what's your plan? And he's like, I don't really have a plan. What's your plan? <laughs> She's like, I don't either. And he's like, so he's like, well, I'm going to go take a nap. He's yeah. that chill. He's just like, I don't have a plan either. He goes but, through two different chairs for this. But like, I'll think of something. Yeah. So he goes, he's chilling. He's listening to some uh, kind of like electronic version of classical music yeah. by Tangerine Dream. The Tangerine band. Dream. And he's just fucking chilling, getting he's what's that shit you were telling me about that you like whisper in people's ears? ASMR. He's doing a little bit of that, early version of that. Yeah. While that's going on, a ninja starts sneaking up on him. Not and Griff and I immediately notice something Ooh. about this ninja. We're like, I noticed I those moves, they look familiar. The moves and then what really set it over the top, he pulls out a knife. And it is the most familiar knife I have ever seen. Gigantic knife. Because it's straight from, uh, what was that, uh, American Ninja 2? He whips that Yeah. Out? Steve? It's fucking James, James makes his debut in this movie, people. And you're like, wait, why is Steve James going again? Why is he yeah, well, well, first, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't pull out the knife first. He pulls out like a, like a strangle wire. I don't know what yeah. they're called. And he's just about to strangle Soldier. And Soldier, yeah. quick like a cat. He's like, he puts his arm up so That's the right. wire gets around his arm. He says, arm's bleeding like a motherfucker. And he's and struggling. throws him off. Back and forth. And I'll, then, I'll give yeah. him this. Unlike American Ninja, at least they gave Steve James some. He got some back and forth. It wasn't there like was, American yeah. Ninja, Michael Dudikoff just beats his ass, which he, is ridiculous. Uh, so ridiculous. So, But you don't know at the time. He's still dressed like a ninja. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? And and then they go back and forth, and then he whips out his fucking giant ass Rambo knife, and he's he's just about to stab Soldier, and he goes back, and his knife gets stuck in like a cupboard or yeah. some shit, and he's like, Hilarious. oh fuck! Fortunately, Sh- Soldier, because he's he's even prepared for ninja attacks. He hides guns everywhere he's at. So there's a gun in like a bookshelf where he's like laying down, like right underneath the TV console. He grabs it and like whoa 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 whoa! Hold it, chill, man. Whips off the mask of Steve fucking James, dude. Oh, yeah. No but, mustache. No mustache. That's why it was hard to recognize and, him. Yeah. But it's, trust me, it's Steve fucking and James. And we, we were, uh, we were kind of hiding this fact. They show him in the very first scene of the movie. Yeah. But he, you probably won't recognize him because he doesn't have a mustache. Yeah. Either. He's part of the, uh, what was, Soldier's Forces. Soldier's Force. So, Soldier Media is just like, look, we got this problem. We got to get in here. We got to fuck shit up. We got this plan. We need to get the boys back together, though. Can yeah. you do that? He's like, I got it, brother. You know I can. So next, we're going to fly all the way back to America. This is why I said there's got to be more than 24 <laughs> hours. There's a there, lot. It might be on a supersonic jet. Ma- a supersonic jet. This is a spy movie. So Steve James is out to get uh, the boys, which the first boy we're going to grab, we just call him Cowboy. Because, yeah. again, these guys have no name. <laughs> yeah. And he's clearly a cowboy. They're in deep south. Yeah, they're in a country western bar. There's mud wrestling happening. There's, yeah. like, tops coming on and off. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, just woman gets the top shots. ripped off, next shot, her shirt's right back on. And I guess apparently I don't I'm not a big country guy, but the country singer George Strait, I guess is a big deal in country. This yep. is his film debut. Like, yeah. He was like a nobody at this movie. And there's, here's an interesting story the director said. I guess apparently like I might it might even go on nowadays, but like in Nashville there are so many singers that what they would do, they would find somebody who would finance them like in studio time and just give them half of their publishing. So George Strait like met up with like I don't know if it was the director, somebody in the movie. And this is how he got in the movie and got this song. Hmm. He was like Hey, you know, like I'm a songwriter. I don't have any money, so the movie gave him money to record this song, which was a huge hit apparently in the country like world. Wow! And so the people who made the movie made a shitload of money off of. They probably made more money off the song than wow. they did the movie. Interesting. So yeah, so that shit's going on, and so Cowboy's drunk as fuck. He's just fucked up. Yeah. And so Steve James like, hey buddy, we got to get the crew back together. But it's not going to be that easy. Like, Cowboy, of course, is drunk, but he's willing to go along. Steve's just like, I'm going to throw you over my shoulder. We're in the Deep South. Steve James is a beautiful black man, so, of course, they have some problems with that. Right. Immediately, some guy just drops the N-bomb on Steve James and is like, I'm going to fuck you up. And Steve James is like, really? Really? We got to do this? Do I have to fuck up some more crackers? And I want to say Steve James pops his shirt off, but he doesn't. No, he keeps his shirt on the whole he movie. He keeps his jacket on the whole movie. Like, he never <laughs> shows a glimmer of muscle here. Yeah, so boy. he's just whooping ass in this bar fight. And, of course, uh, it all concludes with a nice, you get the guy on the bar and you just drag <laughs> him over right. all the drinks. Every cliche you can think. Somebody gets yeah. thrown through a window. Uh, oh, yeah. As they're leaving, a guy gets thrown through guy the window. guy who looks like Hank Williams Jr. gets punched in the face. Because oh, the guy's like, hey, you ain't going nowhere, boy. And he's like, look, you got two options. You can either duck or bleed. <laughs> and the guy took the wrong option and he fucking Steve James fucked him up. So now we've got our cowboy. Well, they get in. They, they there's apparently there's a car show going on because there's all these classic cars. Oh, yeah, in, that's the, right. in, in the parking lot, and they and get, even cowboy has like a beautiful classic. And car. Here, here's another story from the director. So apparently, Steve James did not know how to drive at this time. He grew up in New York City, so he didn't have to know how to drive. Oh, okay. So they were gonna have him drive because he's got to drive because cowboy's so fucked up. Yeah, and they were like they drive. They let him like drive. They're like, no, no, we're, you're not gonna drive. We're just gonna like. Cut the scene here. Yeah. So, and apparently, Cowboy, um, I'm not Cowboy, Steve James knew Cowboy was going to be fucked up. I guess this is the problem Cowboy has when he's not on a mission. So he had an oxygen tank with him. Yeah. And he pulls out his oxygen tank because apparently, according to the director, who probably read this in National Geographic, <laughs> like, uh, like fighter pilot guys, when they, they, I guess they apparently would get fucked up all the time. They would somehow taking oxygen would get the shit out of their blood. I don't know if they, any that truth to that. That doesn't sound real at all. But <laughs> that's what they said, and I'm yeah. going with it. So yes. So then we cut to another boring scene. Because I'm sorry, guys. After the ninja scene with Steve James, which is the last scene I remember seeing as a kid, it it gets really slow. It's bad, and it gets very. Uh, I, I would I want to say cerebral, but it's dumb. But it's very not non action. Yeah. So what happens? So we, we get I call him fish and chips because he's the English guy. Yeah, and he's just doing a glider thing, just flying around. So there's like ten, fifteen, twenty, half an hour of glider footage of the guy just <laughs> flying because the director liked to do that at one yeah. time. So he's wanted to put that in the movie. Good for him. So he gets a call on his glider. He's like, I'm in. Yeah, and then we cut to a scene a guy Frenchy, our French guy, because this even though <laughs> soldier works for the American government, this is an international crew we yeah. got here. They they're citizens of the world. And he's just mountain climbing, and a helicopter shows up. Hey, Frenchie, we need you. I'm in. So they just—they don't even—he doesn't even get in the helicopter. Yeah. He's just 
connects sh- himself to a rope. Exactly. They, they take Hold him away. So, back in, we're back in West Berlin at the Israeli consulate. Whole teams together. Got the pizzas. Got the, we got the cores. Got some Schweppes. Got some Schweppes, and they're going. They're going over the game plan. You know. Here's, well, first, yeah. So soldier lays it out, and he's just like, "All right, that's my plan." So we need the scene where everyone goes, "I'm in." Yeah, I'm in. Because <laughs> even though they're soldiers, isn't this their job to do this? They still get they get an option. They can decide if they want to do it or not. Yeah, and of course, they're, they're free they're, agents. They love America, so they're like, "I'm in." Fuck this, right? And then we get the uh, this is the plan, which is dumb as shit. But uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, soldier whips out the the uh, attaché case, this giant case. Mm-hmm. He's like, "All right, let me let, let me lay some knowledge on you." Yeah. About ten years ago, Nixon was talking to himself. He's doing crazy shit. He was like, he was like, ordinary strikes. People were freaking the fuck out. So we had this contingency plan if we ever needed to take over a nuclear warhead. I got everything you need in this case. So he opens it up. It's one of those things where it's got the uh, styrofoam like cut out of the shape. So we got got some uh, got a, some Rambo knife kind of thing. We got a machine gun. We got some two syringes. We got these Hand binders. Us. With all the fucking nuclear codes in it, I think like a phone or two. Everything. It's it's like a Boy Scout knife, of like a Swiss, a Swiss Army knife of like shit you need to spy shit take over a nuclear warhead. He's like, all right, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna go because they expect me to do it. And this is where the kind of movie kind of lets me down because yeah. he is he is the star of the movie. It's like they expect me to fuck shit up. I'm gonna throw a monkey wrench in their plan. I'm just gonna hang out on the. Uh, West Berlin side of the Berlin Wall, so they because they're gonna be watching me. They know I they know I'm gonna be the guy stopping this yeah. plan. So while you're, I'm doing that, you guys need to fly into Kansas and take over a nuclear warhead. Can you do that for me? And of course, Steve James like fuck yeah, I can. So again, they have gone now from like Texas over to fucking like somewhere in England to the French Alps. Yeah, back to West Berlin. <laughs> Now they're, going, yeah. now they're going to Kansas all in, right. all in less than 72 <laughs> hours. Yeah. So they're they're going to head over there. But, you know, we had a lady interest that was interested. But she's really she's like, well, the world might end pretty well, soon. Yeah, I, I so, want to point uh, out this woman's supposed to be a professional. She she runs covert operations for the yeah. Mossad. All right. Well, when she sees that unibrow, she just oh. melts, dude. And he's just like, all right, we got the plan together. Uh, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. He's like, look, motherfucker, we're on the eve of destruction now. I wish he was making this up. She literally yells us at him. Yes, we got to fuck. And he's like, all right. He just takes everything in stride. That's what I love about the soldier. He's 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 in the moment at every moment. And so we're spared the sex scene. They just kiss, and then and then we cut. He's out. They cut. Well, the- this is the weird thing. We didn't know what was going on. So they start kissing. You're like, all oh, right, they fucked. Yeah. And then we cut to a scene. He's on the balcony of a hotel, looking out Tangerine Dreams playing in the background. Yeah. He's just looking out to, like West at West Berlin. She, you can see her in the window. She's, Both fully dressed. Well, she's got a robe on. She's just taking like a shower. Oh, that's right. He's fully dressed. So we're like, okay, they fucked, and she had to clean her shit up. Yeah. And we got messy. And and then he walks in, and then he goes to, like, fuck her again. I don't yeah. know. So maybe he fucked her twice. I don't know. That, you I, decide. I don't know. But we need, so we need a little, like, relieving of the tension. We're yeah. all ready. We're all ready. So the two of them, Soldier and uh, uh, Susan, are 
get a head over to the Berlin Wall. They're just going to sit at a park bench there, right in front of them. Yeah, there's like there's like that elevated lookout tower, yeah. and they just stand there so the people over the wall can just look at and them. And they got their binoculars just watching. And they're just staring at Soldier, and she's like, you know they're looking at you. And he's like, yeah, I do. And Steve. they like, like what you see. Yeah. He like flicks up his unibrow a little. Like, <laughs> just get makes sure those hairs are it down. A little. You know? And while that's going on, Steve James and the boys, they they're fly, actually doing work. Yes, they fly into Kansas. They're all wearing like fake military uniforms. They, Steve James always looks good in a military always, uniform. Always, always in them. Looks great. And of course, and of course, since he looks the best, he's the colonel. He's at the high ranking. Yes. Guy. And so first they stop at this farm where they keep because this might oh, they, yeah. they, they, this might happen. They soldier has contingent contingencies on top of con- contingencies. <laughs> so there's this little boy. He's like, Mama, what are those people doing? Because they're going in their barn. She's like, Don't worry, son. That's the people who rent our barn. And so they have a car like with government plates, like yeah. just sitting in this this barn just in case they have to take over a nuclear facility. Just in case. So they get in the car, they drive in, they got their fake license, the Frenchie and fish and chips are hiding in the trunk, because they don't do a lot. We learned, security was lax back in 82. They barely So can. they were just like, hey, uh, what's your favorite color? Blue. You can go through. <laughs> so they go through, and their cover is, they're going to change some circuit boards. So they get into the facility, and they're like, uh, we're going to have to turn off the uh, closed circuit TV because we're because we're working on some uh, circuit boards. Like, yeah. Whatever you say, you're the boss. So they turn off the TV in this room. Thankfully, we had the, the knockout syringe in the in the case. So the case is everything you need. Gives it to the guy who's guarding this room. Handcuffs them, hog ties them, and handcuffs them. Yep. And then they move to another like uh, the like uh, hallway where this is as, where all the controls are for the nuclear bomb. Yeah. Or nuclear missile, I should say. So if you had, what you had to do was you had to put these ID cards in the slot, and it, there was a sign that said "approved or denied." Like it would yeah. light up. Yeah. Like a, a, apparently, they this was a really a decommissioned nuclear like warhead facility. Oh wow! They filmed in. So all that shit. I don't know about the denied and allowed. That's oh really no, like that's bullshit. bullshit. But the thing where the guy had the phone thing, where he had to grab and hold the button. That that's that had to do that for real. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. they're so they're like, all right, we need your IDs. <laughs> well, Steve James' ID clearly has his headshot yeah. on it. Like, it's not even like there's no way this would be a government issued like ID. It's like a three quarter pose, and he's like smiling, yeah. like giving a coy look. <laughs> and they put it in, and they get through because they know all the override codes and everything. Because Soldier like changed everything. It's kind of frightening that Soldier has this much control over our nuclear arsenal. But we can trust him. But we can trust a man with an eyebrow that thick. Yeah, you definitely can trust. So him. while that's going on, we cut back to uh, to West Berlin, and soldiers like, "All right, I got to go talk to the Russians. We got to lace, got to tell them what's going on." Yeah. So they go to Checkpoint Charlie, which apparently was the real Checkpoint Charlie, which was the access between the walls. And while they're waiting in line, the guy from the U.S. consulate's at the guard post. Oh, he probably got yeah. demoted for fucking everything up at the consulate. Probably. And he's like, they notice, they, 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 eyebrow to eyebrow, they notice each other. Yep. And so uh, Soldier's like, fuck. I, he's he actually driving, he's got a pretty sweet Porsche this he time. Does. He doesn't have the weak-ass Yugo. So he just takes off, hauls ass, another long car chase. Uh, Griff was just raving uh, about... Uh, they're just going through the streets of West Berlin. Zip, 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 zip. While that's going on, cut back to uh, our got, boy Steve. Yeah, we got to see what Steve's up to because he's actually got stuff going on. It's slow and boring as that car chase, <laughs> but stuff is happening. And yes. So now 
They get they get access to the control panel. Yeah. And they basically set it up. They get everything set to launch a nuke. While that's going on, I guess an alarm finally goes off. So the guys are like, God damn, they've been in that, putting that circuit board in for five hours now. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. So they they call the army to come in. Frenchie's outside with a bazooka. or He had a grenade launcher is what he had. Yeah. And he just fucking murders these American soldiers who are just doing their job. They're flying in a helicopter. He blows yeah. it up. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. This is the eve of destruction, Griff. I mean, if you had to sacrifice two to three people for the good of two worlds, the World War Three, who knows how many lives that would have claimed. Rip. Right. So everything's in place. The 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 warhead's about to launch. All they have to do is push a button, and this, this missile will take off. Like the, the, the thing opens up. It starts. Silo opens out. up. Right. There's a nice dramatic light going right on it. I mean, that's a pretty nice touch they did when they made this facility. Yeah. And... Soldier, he's he's just like fuck, man. I got to get across that wall. All this tension building up, and soldier is just getting like cornered and cornered, boxed right. in. More cars are coming and blocking roads and exits, and so finally he hits one last like little one eighty turnaround, and he's on a straight, and he notices straight ahead of him, our, our boy Michael from the uh, the Israeli embassy, the he, only other guy with a name in this movie. Yeah, he, he set he, up a nice. He's uh, he's got a little ramp. He's got one of those. It's like the things that they transport cars in, like the flatbeds. It's not a flatbed, but it's like those kind of yeah, trailers yeah. that they transport. So he's got to set up like a ramp right at right, the Berlin right wall. Up to the wall. And then Susan turns to him because she's a nerd. She's, she's got that geometrical brain. She's like, look, we figured the math out. If we go at 85 miles an hour in third, third gear, gear, we will leap the wall or we'll go back to the future. Either one might happen. <laughs> so he's like, fuck it. Let's do it. Warheads peaking. Cars going up. Back ramps. and forth. We got all these shots. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> president, like my oil, my oil. The, and then the oh, the president also. He's like, fuck it, man. Yeah. Bomb Israel. Fuck those guys. I need my oil. Yep. The Israelis are like, fuck it, man. Get ready to bomb all of Saudi Arabia so none of these fuckers can have oil. Yeah. So it's, this is the eve of destruction. It's looking like the KGB are about to get their way. There's like at this point thirty seconds to. I think literally it's like nine minutes to the, when the thing. So they, so soldier hits that ramp and just as they expected. Well, they, I this is what I kind of wonder because did they mean to hit? Because obviously there's like a fake wall. It's not the real Berlin Wall. Yeah, they hit the top of the wall. Did they mean to do that? I think not. I think they fucked the jump. up. I think they fucked the jump up. For so sure. like some styrofoam wall goes flying everywhere. Uh, they they had to have fucked the jump up and then that fucked that Porsche up. Because they weren't getting a second one for this. Well, movie. that was a that was a, a rigged like a fake Porsche. Either way, they actually did borrow a Porsche from like a dealership at Norton. Okay. So the one that they were doing on the streets, and apparently, according to the director who read it in National Geographic, they used that <laughs> scene, some of those scenes, for an ad for a Porsche. All right. So yes, yeah, so they jump the wall. Russian show up. Our boy Ivan just happens to be there. Thank God. Just waiting for him. And he's like, ah, so soldier, we finally meet. Yeah. Soldier's all cocksure because he knows what's going down. He knows the plan. He knows you can count on Steve James. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, you're ready, fucking your whole country to implode, soldier. And he's like, you know what? I always wanted to see Moscow. Too bad I won't get to. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, uh, if this shit, your bomb goes off. We're gonna launch a fucking nuke right at Moscow, motherfucker! Yeah. It's already, it's already you like in clearance, and he's like, "You don't have bullshit! You don't have the balls!" And the soldier just goes, "Maybe." 
And then, of course, fucking Ivan just bitches out at this moment. He runs to a phone. Call it off. So we see these paratroopers. Like, they had paratroopers ready. Yep. This is like nine minutes, literally. They were just flying around. Just right where a nuclear bomb set to go off. They want to get footage of the oil field blowing up or something. So they parachute down. They disconnect it. Like you can see, like there's the digital readout. Three, two, clips the wire. Clips the blue wire. Always the blue. And the bomb stops. So Steve James, the Americans president, calls off the airstrike. Steve James like goes, "All right, buddy, we're good," because he had like a radio set up. Yep. And he stops the, the from the uh, the nuclear missile from flaunching. So and the soldiers like, yes, I'm the man. Let's go fuck again. And then so we just get this scene because they just saved liberty. Yep. So we have to hit you over the head with that symbolism. Yep. So somehow Soldier and Susan are on Ellis Island now, and they're <laughs> walking around Statue of Liberty. And we get a very distasteful shot of the World Trade Center. They should have cut that out. Yeah. Not the, sh- not the shot of someone joining <laughs> how to make a bomb. That <laughs> shot should have been shut out. <laughs> and we cut to credits. And I just want to point out that the DVD said this movie was 96 minutes. And this is at minute 84. So I was like, there's got to be a kick-ass action scene coming. Because I was like, what the fuck? Now I know why I don't remember the end of this movie. Because yeah. it really just petered out, man. It does. Does after it was all like it, it was, the beginning was so great. Yeah, all the ridiculous action that we're known to bring you guys happens in like the first forty five minutes or so, and then the rest is just like slow build up and burn and like cat and mouse right. game, a lot of mind games, a lot not of trickery. Even, not, they don't even slip a boob or a butt in there for you. I mean, you get and the, and the, the plot is so dumb because like I guess they wanted deniability because the U.S. president could say. If you don't do this, we're going to blow up Moscow. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess what it was, yeah, no, I guess what it was is that the Russians would have said it was terrorist and they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, Soldier, your plan did work. It was a genius plan. Genius plan. All works out. Lady Liberty stands tall again. And I think Ken Wall didn't have a movie again until he, he did uh, the, the show Wise Guys in the, in the late I 80s. I don't know, man. I think he had a few things in between. I don't know, and I don't care. Neither do so, I. So, Griff, that that's our last show of 2018. Oh, shit, that is. Wow. Look so, at that. Uh, I don't know. You got any resolutions you want to? Nah. Wow, I was going to say I, I was going to make a bigger and better show, but yeah. I guess you're just like, yeah, I'm satisfied with what I got. No, we're pretty much hitting it. We nail it every time. It's out of the park. <laughs> I mean, if we go any further, we're Barry Bonds in it, and you know he's not going to be in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame because he's juicing. We don't need a juice; we're already killing him. Okay, so uh, uh, I want to say, if you can find the laser disc of this movie, I recommend watching it. It was it's worth watching. It's just the ending is very disappointing. Yeah, get yourself nice and settled in to a nice cozy chair. You'll see when uh, our boy soldier starts napping. That's your cue to, you know, right. take a nap. Just go ahead and wean in and out. And we're not saying this just because we totally fucking love C. James and we will pimp out anything he does. Yeah. The, fr- I, I, the first oh. half I still love. The second half, not so much. First first 45, pretty, pretty damn solid. Right. So check that out. And what you're going to need to check out next week. I mean, I was going to say they should have chopped the legs off that movie, which leads us into our next movie. A man with his legs chopped off. Well, 
He just doesn't have legs. But it's called Mr. No Legs. <laughs> Yes. It's another spy movie. It's from the 70s. It's like a drug bust type of deal. But it's also got hidden compartment shotguns. Okay. So well, don't give too much away. We we're we're kind of to... going into the same universe. Okay. They reveal that in the first five minutes. Oh, okay. So it's not a big, big thing okay. here, guy. Well, I just want to say right now, this was... I'm, I signed off on it, but this was this is the movie Griff discovered. Oh, yeah. And I just want to say... There's no way I can talk about this movie without making fun of a guy with no legs. So if you're disabled or you have issues with that, you might want to sit out this episode <laughs> because I'm going to be a to- probably a total dick right now. And, and, and I can rest assured Griff will throw me under the bus anytime I say anything remotely. This is when you know he's throwing me on the bus, people. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's his move. He's laughing, and then he's like, <laughs> time to throw that fucker under the bus. Oh, boy. That's when I go to the editing desk, and I'm just like, Murray, you weren't in this episode. It was weird. <laughs> so if you got to sit, because people, they're just jokes. We love everybody. We want everybody to listen hey, to this. this is a movie that has a star in it that is... Uh, Legitimately uh, uh, double amputee? Yeah. Yeah. So they're giving work to, you know, everybody, and that's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So you just switched it around. You just flipped the script, Griff. You don't like this. You're a fucking piece of shit. Exactly. How about that? Exactly. So now you're doing a SJW thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, moral fluid. Yeah. So <laughs> tune in next week for Mr. No Legs, and have a happy new year, and always keep it warm. Yep. Yeah.